you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. Oh, hey, microphone. <laughs> hey, you got the actual Baltus thing showing. Let me get a better backdrop than this. Let's see. Got that. Download that package. At some point, it's kind of funny. Zoom is one of the worst for I've downloaded multiple times and loaded multiple times various different things, and it just doesn't seem to retain them. You know what I mean? I'm I continually have to download their package again or things that I know I like went and hit the net, sought out Zoom backgrounds, loaded a whole bunch of stuff, especially seasonal stuff like for right. summer, fall, winter, holidays, that kind of stuff. And yet, so here I am with my uh, Northern Lights because all my Christmas stuff, no, not available, apparently. I will figure out why that is. It might be <laughs> that when they reinstall their package, just what you shouldn't do, they overwrite all of their subsidiary files, their parameter files and stuff like that, including the folder into which I put all the Zoom backgrounds. Wow, yeah. So, that's... Hey, Zoom, get with it, I guess. So okay. <laughs> Maybe may, I am not actually not picking this time. Maybe it's a more Mac thing because I've not had that problem. It will hold my background and it hasn't deleted anything. So uh, it, it might be that too. Let me, where am I here? I want to go to displays and turn on my, I do a whole bunch of usual prep. Like I turn on night shift on the Mac, which gives you here, behold how I look more lifelike now <laughs> by getting the glare of the screen not be as bright as it is so it's amazing what radiation does for your complexion <laughs> true enough exactly i just feel you know, given all the phosphors that i regularly sprinkle on my face so that i glow in the dark right so how okay. was your thanksgiving sir it was very good it's funny everything changes when i first joined clan fitzgerald there was like 30 people at thanksgiving because it was the entire colleen is one of nine kids and they all have their families you know mom and dad her mom and dad were still around and so it was like multiple tables in multiple rooms with who gets to sit at the adult table and who's at the kids table, right. even though you're a kid at 55 or something like that, but it's gotten smaller, but multiple siblings now have kids of their own, multiple nieces and nephews have their kids. And so there, there's kind of like everybody is beset with uh, doing the shuttle diplomacy of going to multiple Thanksgivings. And oftentimes then depending on you're making a ton of food, but not everybody is sitting down to eat both of those turkeys that you've made. I made the laugh about this joke before. First time I ever heard the phrase, bring out the first turkey, because there was a second turkey, that kind of thing. So <laughs> it was smaller, a dozen of us instead of 30. But it was that way everybody gets to sit at the same table and have real conversation instead of being only the clack of silverware on plate and stuff like that. Right. It was wonderfully pleasant. One of Colleen's sisters, Erin, was the host for it. And she has all the food gets laid out on the counter. So that's not true. Desserts were on the counter, but everything else was actually like passed around family style or, hey, give me a spoon of that. And all of her brothers and sisters are good cooks. It's the sisters. The brother actually is the one that brings like the soda pop and the napkins. John is given light duty because I'm not sure what he made or what he didn't make. It was like not up to a Fitzgerald family snuff. I 
Pauline usually makes a big salad, all kinds of ingredients. And so it's a party salad, if you will. And I usually bake a couple of breads, a dinner bread and a couple of dessert breads. And those manage to find my little niche in the family. In other words, instead of, of intruding on somebody else's pumpkin pie or somebody else's green bean casserole, one year I did make Lithuanian food. I made kugelis, which is kind of like a German baked potato pudding with like bacon wow. bits and stuff like that. It's the kind of stuff that you um, eat in the winter to carbo load as if you're a bear, as if you're going to be <laughs> sleeping for the rest of the winter. It's wonderful. It's really good. But man, is it heavy. And that was, I made the mistake because I had never made it before when you, you have to grate a ton of potatoes, like dozens. And if you don't keep potatoes underwater, like in the air, they go from nice, happy white to like gray. And so my stuff looked like a slab of concrete instead of being like nice potato with brown on the top. It was like, what exactly am I eating here? It looks like zombie flesh. What the hell? And I, it just wasn't as appetizing as what my, my, what I used to make my, <laughs> so sometimes people like they, I don't know, what's the, a lot of people make the traditional same stuff. They're really good at potatoes. They're really good at sweet potato casserole, green bean casserole. And when we bring the salad, I make a point of bringing four dressings so that there's a variety. Who wants the basic Italian, if you will, or, or the ranch or whatever else it might be. And everybody just chows down and we play games and the boys, it, you know, it's funny. Sometimes it'll be so the boys will go in the other room and watch sports ball and the ladies will gather in the main room. Aaron has given up all the sports channels. And instead of searching around, do we get it on Fox or Hulu or where do we find it? The boys actually talk too. instead of only commenting on the Chicago and Detroit used to have a Thanksgiving game. Right. Year, I'm not sure if they're still doing that. And there's the we do Secret Santa instead of everybody in the family buying gifts for everybody else, which would be just this a torrent of games and difficult to manage. Long ago, we started doing it where everybody is Secret Santa for one other person and everybody puts out wish lists. And then people get Secret Santa for this person. And I satisfy as many of their things as I feel like being Santa about. And I don't know, I'm usually pretty much clear the list unless I want a car as well as some skivvies. And so, oh, I might not be able to get the car with a box. <laughs> Maybe I, and that I should, there are, there have been any number of times where people have wished for something and got the gag version of it and stuff like that. But I don't know, I'm a good shopper. So when somebody asks a good Dremel, a good power drill, I like go hit consumer reports and find out which the best version of that is and, and which for the money and get them the extra bit set and stuff like that. I, nobody, I don't think, Nobody's ever been unhappy that I was their secret set. I always get them. And not only what they ask for, sometimes I find surprises. I know someone in particular has their bathroom is decorated with frogs. And if I can find a fun froggy thing, then I'll do that or whatever else it might be. John and I have a habit of exchanging lounge pants. We both are willing to wear lounge pants. He's been more with me than I with him, but he also doesn't get that I don't just wear them as pajamas at home. I wear them out in public. So I need pockets and I need a drawstring so that if I put things in those pockets, they don't <laughs> skin down to my knees while I'm in Costco. You know what I mean? So I've had to put some advice when I've occasionally asked for that. In fact, I just mentioned I wouldn't mind getting lounge pants. I have to go and amend that with, and by the way, I really do need pockets and I really, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so having said that, wonderful camaraderie in the room, but it's also every exchanges, you know, wow, someone's had COVID three times. Wait, what? If you ever had COVID once, didn't you do everything you possibly could to not get it again? But some people don't have that luxury. They work in a public-facing job. Nobody else there is taking care of themselves so that 
as each of the various different variants have come out. Apparently, the vaccines work, but they're specific to the stuff that's going on. And I guess also just depending on your constitution, I'm very happy that I'm five times vax. But I think that when we got it last year from Christmas with the Fitzgerald clan, Colleen and I fought it off in five days. And that's with no Paxlovid and other things like that. We just kind of took our aspirin, got our bed rest and liquids, and we seemed to fight it off. So I'm very conscious of that because, hey, I'm going to go visit my mom again. And I don't want to come be typhoid out. And so hopefully you're doing the same things. If you're going to be get together with family, you don't want to be Stephen gave it to everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree with you that things have changed. This year, my sister came over and her family. And that's the first time we've had Thanksgiving in a good 12 years. So that was nice. Um, There were times when I didn't have the kids on Thanksgiving. I got them every other Thanksgiving. So we started doing Thanksgiving on Saturday and they would invite friends. And those actually turned out to be almost better because nobody's doing anything. They're like, oh, great. We'll go have Thanksgiving at the Schneiders. And we had lots of people and lots of. So I said, hey, how about next year? We just do Saturday again, do something light and easy on Thanksgiving and invite people over on Saturday. You're not conflicting with other schedules. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was a little disappointed in my turkey this year. I have a really good roaster and I got stuff I put in it and. I screwed up and put it, left it on high a little too long. So it got a little dried out and I was very, very sad. (laughs) Okay. It's funny. If there's anything that everybody has, the legendary family way of doing it, it's you put it in a paper bag or you get the special roaster tray or you paste it every 20 minutes or whatever else it might be. And our, my mom's best success was always the paper bag that I talked about Fahrenheit 451. You don't set the oven to 450. It's at 330 or I don't even know. It always turned out. That cooks the meat all the way through. It even gets the stuffing because that's another you read about from, I don't know, health alert that if there's anything that's going to make people sick, it's because the stuffing didn't get cooked all the way through. And depending on what you put in the stuffing, it can be like Domain City. You know what I mean? Wrapping it up, it keeps the juices in. And that that's exactly. something there's my no father and I conflicted right. on. He was of the old school where you get up at 4.30 in the morning, you put the turkey on really low, like you said, 250, 350, and then every 15, 20 minutes, you open the door and you baste it. And it was so funny because he had two sheets of aluminum foil he laid on top, and I'm like, what is that doing? It's not doing anything (laughs) whatsoever. You're letting all the heat out of the oven. Not only the heat, but that's the steam is where the juices are. You put it in the roaster and you cover it really tight, keeps all the juices in it, just steams right in. Keeps That's it right. moist. And every year I'm like, I need more gravy. This turkey is so dry, I'm going to choke. But he's, oh, this is really good. So that was one of our <laughs> conflicts. Yeah. And the first year I did a turkey, Colin remembers this. I, I had it wrapped in grape leaves. I put it in the roaster, wrapped it tight. And, and I left it and walked away. And my father was like, why don't you go baste it? It needs to be moist and blow and all that. Because he did his own turkey. We both had to have our own. Right. And then when I opened it up, and I cut all the meat, like literally slid off the bones, just did not do anything. And I'm like, because oh, this is so, so wonderful. Nice. That's yeah. We always take a bag off like the last 30 minutes because that way you do get browning. And so right. they love the brown skin of all the turkey, the least healthy thing. You could eat bone marrow and it'd be healthier for you right. than the fatty turkey or even duck skin. But we don't usually do that. The big highlight for us is we get the carcasses. Colleen and I always get the to make soup. And then you make soup. And we have a big old cauldron. Honestly, it's just a big old pot. And you put those in there and that you let heat on simmer for hours and hours. And then same meat slides off the bones. It's just got it's got enough of the, what are bones made out of? Not gluten. Why isn't it coming to me? It has, 
it's really rich broth because it I, really has the, the I think some of the bones are made out of Lithuanian paste, gray paste. I think some of that. Exactly. And, and Colleen's really good at adding all the veggies. And so it just is this, it's the perfect, and it's a ton of soup. And so we have that now for the next two weeks. Yeah. We freeze portions. We have regular portions. That plus like any kind of pasta, quinoa, whatever might be going into the soup. It's just, it's the heartiest thing for lunch and dinner. So that'll be, and it, I'm sure it will be like by the fourth time it'll be, Hey, how about a pizza? Because I'm I really love this soup, but soup. you can love something to death and get tired of it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we my, my, I, I made Aztec hot cocoa to go with dinner, Perfect. which is so a new like tradition. A head floating around in there. With yeah. <laughs> no, it's spicy hot cocoa with dark okay. chocolate, very thick. Okay. Uh, my my greatest achievement was we also got a small little ham, which my gosh, ham is like outrageously priced. <laughs> Uh, it was more than the turkey and it was smaller, but we had our dinner, we were talking and with my sister and they were going for, through a few things of my father's since they were here. And uh, she mentioned something about ham or uh, she mentioned something about Christmas and in my mind popped the old South Park thing where they go, I learned something today, Christmas. And Cartman goes, it is about ham. And they're like, no, not ham. And that popped in my head and I went, oh my gosh. I was supposed to take the ham out of the oven two hours ago. Oh, so that dried out. <laughs> yeah, it was a little dry, but edible. It was edible, just a little dry. <laughs> I, I don't know. We I always to, to geek it up a bit. I love America's Test Kitchen. You know what I'm talking about? There's a place that has said we're going to figure out the perfect way to make a Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah. We did 500 variations on what's the heat, how long, basting or non-basting. Do I put it in a smoker? Whatever else it might be, and we followed their directions for all different kinds of things, how to make the perfect pumpkin pie, how to make the, and often what they'll do is it's a little weird because what's the joy of green bean casserole. You take some cream mushroom soup and some green beans and put some jerky's onions on top. Boom, you're done. And it's delicious. They like, how about if we do that with Gruyere cheese? How about if, and they start putting exotic, interesting, you should brown the green beans before you put them in on some case blanch or whatever right. else it might be. And it probably is better. But that part of the thing is you're making, if you're making eight different dishes, not a potluck where everybody's bringing things, you really have to like economize on time everywhere you can. And that miracle, everything coming out like at the same time, all the edible temperature and all that right. kind of as you arrange the oven and all that kind of stuff. It's, I really, so shout out to ATK. It's not only having to watch the TV show and take copious notes, they have all kinds of cookbooks that really say, Here's our hundred favorite recipes. Here's our holiday recipes. Here's all about meat, all about bread. They're really good at taking what they know from, wow, 30 seasons at this point. They've been around for yeah. a long time and doing all the different slicing and dicing of things so that you can focus in on if you want to like how to cook with wine, with alcohol. Just It isn't just a matter of pour some brandy in there. It's like what, how much and what kind and when and everything we've ever done where we followed the ATK, it really is, this really is the best version of a grilled cheese sandwich that I've ever had. It might be that it's not mom's love, two slices of Wonder Bread and some craft single. Maybe that's where I got that they use Gruyere cheese. It's like, what mom has Gruyere cheese just laying about the house? For our green bean casserole this year, we used Funyuns instead of the Durkies. Oh, that's blasphemy, man. <laughs> uh, we have a green bean casserole story from a couple years ago. This was one of the Saturdays when friends were all over. The kids had friends and we went up to the pantry. Oh yeah, we got some of this onions. 
put it on and on. And we're eating it. We're all like, it tastes like plastic. And then we're like, oh, this expired four years ago. It's been sitting <laughs> up. And our pantry is connected to the attic and not really to the main house. There's a door, but there's no heat. There's no cooling. So it got 300 degrees in the summer and negative 20 in the winter. So it cooked wow. inside and it was like, okay, we're throwing that out. <laughs> yeah. I'm really not that great about it. Colleen is really good about checking the expiration date that we, I don't know. I tend to have everything we might need in the kitchen, but that also means that you have six different choices for pasta. And if you start to, we, we don't have pasta every single day. And so eventually some things age out of the program. Pasta is one of those things that I hardly ever notice, even if it's old, that it's, stale if you will we just had some with our turkey soup that colleen noticed i was still fine with it whole wheat rotini or something like that but she noticed that it was not as good as if we had just gotten it so i especially for thanksgiving and stuff like that not only about taste but about danger we never use a can that's like bulgy botulism can or anything like that but it's for the salad for instance we make a point of buying it like the day before so that right. this is as crisp as it can be and i'm not sure why I don't have that attitude towards everything. I'm using Durkee's onions might be one of those things that's exactly often the culprit. When do you use Durkee's onions? Once a year, twice right. a year for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And otherwise, unless you like seal that bag and make sure that it's in the humidor where it's controlled temperature and humidity. Yeah, I could see those guys going south. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. And you, you mentioned how things change too. I remember not Thanksgiving, but I remember New Year's Day. We used to go to my great grandmother's in Akron, and she literally imported from Hungary in the 20s. Wow. And okay. she still made her own homemade pasta. So when you'd go visit, there'd be pasta hanging up that she was yeah. drying. And That's so we always cool. had thanks, or we always had a New Year's Day as a family up there. And I, that's another one of those things I miss going down to my grandmother's on New Year, on Christmas Eve, trying to do some new things with the kids through the years. But that was difficult. My aunt, my dad's side of the family, we used to do a big Christmas party, but that's gone away. People not coming. It used to be, like you said, 30, 40 people. We'd walk over to Lake Erie, see it all frozen. Yeah. We did a, a white elephant gift exchange where you would just bring something. It didn't have to be... I actually wasn't supposed to be new and it didn't necessarily have to work <laughs> and it would, you'd randomly take stuff. And that was always right. fun. And my father got an elephant and painted it white and that got passed around from the family. And it just so happened the very last year we went to the party, I got the gift with the white elephant so and kept you it. Have the memento. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. My family, my, my family has done that a couple of times where we do white elephant and we do a weird variation where everybody gets a gift. And then you, so there's a pile of gifts. Someone opens a gift and then the next person can either get an unopened gift or they can steal the first one. And then the other person has to, and so we have a pig, a little wooden sculpture pig that is the same thing. It got stolen again and again in the family. And I think that my younger brother is the one that ended up with it. And I'm not sure that it was fair. I'm pretty sure that it was like subterfuge that he <laughs> threw it in his luggage and then escaped the house. Not, But we, I always had the bad luck like i would end up with the club you know that thing you used to put on your oh, the car wheel so <laughs> that was somebody brought that because nobody was doing that anymore all the cars locks and everything are so much more sophisticated but as you might imagine nobody was looking to steal that from me so here i was with oh i got a bludgeon for christmas how nice for no what you really years i got the zonk gift. I, I was gonna really... say what you really got was the gift for next year to give <laughs> and, and i some not with my family but with a good friend john nolan they have 
gifts like that, like maybe a gnome that has circulated into the party every single year and for dozens of years. So now if it doesn't show up, people are like, who broke the tradition? Where's the gnome that everybody doesn't right. like, but it keeps on rearing its ugly head, that kind of thing. So yeah. <laughs> you were mentioning a couple of weeks ago about us talking about what do you want for Christmas? What's your gifts? And I honestly don't know. I kind of hit that point. So I'm an adult. I'm getting older. I've got everything I've ever wanted and more. I've got so yeah. much junk everywhere. And so I don't, it's like, oh, what do you want? I don't know. But what I always made sure with my kids was it's about giving. It's not what you're getting. It's giving. So we always made a big point of focusing more on what you want to get for other people. And yeah. I noticed this year really has kept up with my son because he's mentioned several times, I got this gift for Danny. Look at this. And oh, I got this really perfect gift. He's, oh, I got something for you. I can't tell you. He's really excited and really <laughs> thought about something really great to give for somebody. In the family, we've got some other people. Hey, niece, nephew. Hey, what do they want for Christmas? Not really sure. Just get them gift cards. And I'm like, that is Boy. the worst. And what's yes. that teaching the kids is- <laughs> Totally abdicating. Like you never had a conversation with them. You yeah. don't have any idea of what music they like, what books they like, what clothing they wear. Like, I, uh, there's no no better joy than when somebody says something like in February and they don't realize that you put it in yes. your head and then come the end of the year, you're like, I hope you didn't get this for yourself yet, but didn't you want like the next book in the Harry Potter series? And they're like, oh yes, I did. And here it is. So right. I have many times for Colleen and other family members gotten things like that where, and and it's funny because we all live separately now. We don't get the entire, my family, the entire family together. I've gotten to more. So for instance, we send out advent calendars each year, pre-Christmas, and everybody seems happy to get them. Not everybody immediately, like, oh, thank you so much, but enough people have done it. And it isn't about whether they acknowledge it. I don't need to thank you note. I need that Colleen and I like this wonderful tradition that I got from my mom and that it really does help you build towards Christmas. Open the little windows each day. For Christmas, I often get, what do I know about what kinds of things they wouldn't mind having on the coffee table to eat? So who gets coffee, coffee or chocolate or nuts or try to get those kinds of things? A couple of times I was like, oh, I got a whole bunch of chocolates. And then I find out that they've just gone keto. No, they're not eating those. And so I do try to take notes about not getting some of the same things each year, though I'm sure I blow that once in a while. But just, and I always was the one that would, for our pets, get the cat some cat and the dog a couple bones or a Buddha bone or something. Our like animals that. have stockings. Exactly. So I'm trying to start doing that now. You know what I mean? That I know that a number of my nieces and nephews have cats and dogs and that it just seems like a cool thing to get Luna or Daisy or I'm trying to remember all the names. Just, I don't know, is catnip illegal to send through the mail? <laughs> you know it is a no, narcotic. officer, this is catnip. <laughs> exactly. And we, this is no lie. We really did have the occasional disaster where the first time I ever put catnip out, how could I not think that the cat would smell it and tear the thing open to get to it? So there's my cat. Splayed out drunk on Christmas morning because he found his way into the catnip. <laughs> After that, I kept it like in a drawer. I would put it out beforehand. And of course, the minute you put it out, the cat like comes around the corner into the their cats and dogs smell pretty well. They are mighty hunters. And I was always happy to include the pets in. And so I'm trying to think about doing that now. Yeah. So I, let me tell I you. Have, let, oh, I, sorry. I agree with what you said. No, just <laughs> I have pretty much everything I ever wanted. And yet my tastes are so omnivorous and there's always new stuff coming out. So we put together our secret sandalists. And honestly, I had no problems coming up 30. 
10 right? CDs, 10 books, 10 puzzles, and we'll see. It's not, hey, get me everything on the list. It's nowhere near that. But it's, hey, if anything that you find interesting by title or that you like this group too, we'll listen to it together. The books we might have to read serially, but otherwise we can play with the same puzzles and stuff like that. What's uh, just, If you had to put things on your list or if you're thinking of what would be a perfect gift for name the type, then what have you thought about this? So Colin and I, for my mother... She's got a swing. She likes to sit in outside during the summer and read, watch the birds. We have bird feeders up and she mm-hmm. likes to sit when the sun comes up. And, and now yeah. that Papa's gone, she can do that more. She was always afraid to get too far away in case he tried to get out of bed and fell or something. So oh, she can enjoy it more. But the swing she has is falling apart. So we got her a new swing. And we're excited about that. It's installation for next spring. Kind of yes. Okay. But we made sure it was one. See, the problem with the wood swing is it is super heavy. And to move it, you have to unhook it and move pieces of it, reassemble it. You need two people. So yeah. we got something a little lighter, something that's put together so it doesn't come apart. Because really, that is hugely important when you have to mow. For Colin, he went to Ireland a couple years ago. He talked about moving there, but he still likes Ireland. I found, Vicky and I found an Irish shop that has like hats and all sorts of stuff. And he's been drinking a lot of tea. So we got him this tea organizer box. I hope he doesn't listen to this episode. At least not in the next four weeks. Tell him I'll block it from him. And then- I have one of those, like a tea caddy where Colleen has a bunch of different things in there. So she has her herbals and her caffeine. Yeah. Whatever else. Okay. Yeah. And so the couple of things I'm super excited about is I didn't do this the last couple of years, but I got back into writing a Christmas story. So I'm partway through writing a Christmas story to give the Colin and anybody else that wants it at Christmas. But even better, Vicky told me this story of something that happened to her once that she was eating lunch by this fountain and a bird landed and chirped at her. And then she held out a fry and it took the fry from her and ate it. And I turned that into a book and I got somebody (laughs) to illustrate it and I'm going to get it published with hardback cover and everything. It's her story I illustrated. So that's, I'm super excited about that gift. There is nothing like that kind of personalization. That's very sweet. It almost the opposite of that. We, we used to send out Christmas cards with a little, note to each one of them saying hey see you soon or etc etc and we just we send hundreds of cards out each year because we have wide-ranging family and friends and nowadays i write a big christmas letter and i so it's the story of our year and i include like photos with little captions hopefully funny enough and we get lots of compliments and lots of hey don't ever leave me off the list i love hearing what you guys are doing also comments along the lines of Aren't you guys exhausted? You sure packed a lot into your year. The last couple of COVID years were pretty lean. We really were, hey, we're staying at home. What TV do you like? That kind of stuff. This might have been one of the first years where we did return to going to our plays and our comedy shows and hiking and stuff like that. So it'll be a return to multiple page letter, multiple pages of photos. And it's funny. It really is that we don't want to look at all we're doing. It's meant to be an inspiration for, look at this beautiful place we were. You can go here too. You can go to the Badlands. You can go to the Grand Canyon. You can go to Great Smoky Mountain, and especially like that, Great Smoky Mountain National Park. It's just a couple hours south, and it's amazingly beautiful. And you don't have to hike to the chimney tops. You can just take the fun trails, the easy trails, and you'll still get spectacular vistas. So that's always what I'm hoping for is like Nick and Kelly after reading about our North Dakota trip. 
planned a North Dakota trip, uh, or the Dakotas, I should say, because it was, and I guess I really like that. I like that it's not just the travel stories, it's meant to be an inspiration and a sharing, if you will. You know what I mean? So I always love that when people share their stuff. And I'm like, I never really thought of going to, I didn't know those canyons existed, those, that, that cave system, that museum. And I just am continually taking notes so that my big, I don't know, bucket list database, Colleen and I are going to both be retired relatively soon. And we're starting to look at, while we're still spry, while we're still able to climb up, walk up a mountain, I don't know where we're going to be, pythons and crampons and all that kind of stuff, but you want to do that early. And so where are we going to start planning our cool trips? Got to go to the Galapagos and Machu Picchu in Iguazu Falls in South America. Got to go to Australia. I'm sorry if I probably have talked about some of this before, but it's because I'm actively starting to plan that now. Nice. A good friend, Beth, put together a wonderful trip of the Baltic Sea, a cruise. It's like, Baltic Sea? <clears throat> How can I not go to my right. sea? But it's like, all these places, I have I think I've been to Stockholm and Copenhagen, but otherwise it's Helsinki. It was going to be St. Petersburg, but they pulled back from that because of difficulties with the Russians. But all these other wonderful places, Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia, Germany, it's going to be one of those trips of a lifetime. And I want to make six of those. You know what I mean? There's places I've always wanted to go to. And I want to be able to say, finally, I got to Machu Picchu. So that's a little bit straying from our Christmas gift thing. But once you start talking about it, it's funny how I've gotten people like guidebooks when they said, hey, we're going to New York. It's get them the cool, best things to do in Manhattan that unless this book told you about, you'd never know. Get the moon guide, the lonely planet guide. So I guess I am throwing off, boy, I just don't use Fodors and Fromers and stuff. I love these. And like a pure things, you know, Neil I mean? Zerker's so, one tank trips that he used to put out. When I first got to Ohio and I found out those existed, I went and bought like half a dozen of them, all the old ones, because I really was like, this is going to be my way of getting to know Ohio. And Colleen had done some of them with him, but not enough. And so just how do we discover what's in Amish country, where the cool gardens are, where the lighthouses are? Neil Zerker's one tank trip. Yep. Very cool book. All these things you're mentioning, I know I'm a little behind the last couple of weeks, uh, just been busy getting all the website updated, yeah. but we always try and go through our episode and put links up and recommendations to all the stuff. And you even said people have told you, oh, I make notes and all that. So on yeah. the website, we try and have all this linked up so you can get to it easily. Exactly that. And since I'm mentioning it, we're starting to put t-shirts up on the website that people can get. <laughs> So you can wear RG wear, geek yes. wear, exactly. Yeah, I actually, looks like us. I took our logo and I changed it from purple to orange because we mentioned doing multiple colors. You like orange, so I'm wearing, but the thing is the one uh, item was purple and I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to make that match the orange. So we should have Relentless Geekery in like a array of colors soon. And, uh, and My whatever heart other soars t-shirts. like a hawk, orange, orange. Okay, very yeah. good, very so, good. They're <laughs> a great Christmas gift for yeah. anybody. It's funny. I don't know what we're going to do. Are we ever going to be a million podcast type thing? When I read about the, the serial killer ones or the this young star has 3 million TikTok followers or something like that, I don't know that we're, I don't know that I'm looking for that. I don't think that we have that mass appeal. But for the people that care about our stuff, I would love to be that resource for every single time they listen or go to it. They're going to be, wow, I didn't know about that. That's a great series. I should read that. That's some great music. That's why if that's what we do is for our particular, uh, our people that we actually have some fun stuff for them. I'm all for that. And I don't know. Nowadays you can do it. This is funny. 
they've always had with Amazon. Hey, if you make a recommendation and someone follows your link to get there, you get a micropayment. And I know that micropayments are like, wow, I earned $5 after 10 years. It's right. never going to matter to us. The reason we make these recommendations is not to juice you and get money into our pockets. It's because these cool things, you really should watch them and read them and do them. Absolutely. I- and honestly, most <laughs> of our links are not affiliate links because okay. there's no affiliate link for it. We mentioned some service, we link over to it and that's all we got okay. because like you said, we'd rather just enjoy it and share it with people. Right. So right. absolutely, hundred percent agree. Plot, but if anyone wants to go get a t-shirt and help any of the costs for hosting and all that, we're That's more, right. more, more you know, for help that us too. build our brand. You know, That's right. <laughs> so after Thanksgiving, and you mentioned this too, it is like a plethora of named days now. So we've got Black Friday, then we've got Small Business Saturday, right, and then know. we've got Cyber Monday, and then Giving right. Tuesday. It's almost like exhausting thinking about all of that. Yeah. A number of people seem to have said, well, that's a good idea. That's really when spending season kicks in. For a long time, Black Friday really had bad connotations because it was when, hey, get up at six in the morning, get up at midnight, but right after Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. go to Walmart. And boy, I hated the fact that they made people work then. I hated the Agreed. fact that people were like breaking up family gatherings. We really seem to have found, I hope, some kind of compromise in there where the people that are working want to work and the people that want to spend the money, they're not wrecking other things to do. So people are not so desperate for a big screen TV. Maybe we finally saturated the United States with big screen TVs. And that's why it's not as necessary. Let's be honest. If you really look at those ads, I think Walmart had a lot to do with that. They pushed the Black Friday thing and everyone had to compete with Walmart, get the money before everyone spends it at Walmart. But if you look at those ads, oh my gosh, there's a 75 inch TV and it's only $150, but it says a maximum of two per store and it may vary from there. So you might even have a store that has none. Mm. I went a couple of times and I refused. I'm like, first of all, I don't agree with places that are open on Thanksgiving. Let there be some family time. If you're open on the 26th, sometime reasonable, not midnight. Okay, there's people that will work. There's people that'll spend. That's great. But I went to one at Toys R Us years ago. I showed up a half hour before the doors opened and it was mobbed standing there. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Yes. Yeah. I won't do it. I just don't. I don't want to be caught in the crush. I don't want to elbow anybody. I don't want to be elbowed. Just I don't need anything at. 20% 20% off, right. which I need to just have. Well, family. what it was at the time they had Star Wars figures for 50 cents. And I'm like, oh, cool. If I could grab a couple Star Wars figures for Colin, that would be great. So I stayed near the back. I'm like, I am not going to push and shove. But I walked steadily into the store, walked to the back, dodging people. Maybe five minutes after the doors open, I got to the back where the bin was empty. They were all gone. There wasn't oh, a single one left. And I'm like, happened that, you know, somebody pulled up a cart and just said, I'll take them all. Yeah. And that's terrible too. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, what is this? All I'm doing is, oh my God, it's so important to get this stuff for my kids. I've got to get up early. I've got to ruin my day. I've got to fight people for stuff and saving a couple dollars. Really? I'll just get my kid less stuff and pay regular price for one figure instead of five. And that's when it really hit me. I'm like, what am I really teaching my kids? Yeah, it's maybe because I shop all during the year. Sometimes for Christmas, just got some stuff for Colleen. Already the secret closet has stuff that's building up and stuff like that. And I don't know that I have any, like on Small Business Saturday, we didn't make a point of going to every 
small shop and boutique, but we went to like Tis the Season to get more advent calendars. We went to an Amish buffet. Okay, after we had delicious Thanksgiving dinner, and it was kind of nice to have somebody else cook for us and stuff. It was just and a nice drive. But Cyber Monday, I really, this is, I looked around at what do I really need that I think that I'm going to finally pull the trigger on 20% off or whatever. So I'm going to get, I mean, doing a lot of research on NAS, network attack storage that's going to be many terabytes. And when I looked at the reviews and so forth, and I was ready to pull the trigger, and then I saw it's going to arrive while I'm out of town visiting mom. I don't want that. I'll order it later and have it show up. And if I end up not saving the 10%, I it's okay. It really was like I have, there's any number of things that I have put off buying for a while because we had more important things that Colleen and I, we had to get out of debt. We had to pay off the house. We had to uh, make sure the house was in good shape. And as much as I have a, a whole row of $120, like four, six, eight terabyte drives that I've bought over the course of time, but I've also had some failures. And and so I'm ready to do something where I can put all my music and all various other things on there and never worry about it again because of their the RAID array and I can hot swap as drive gets right. bigger and that kind of stuff. But it's a want, not a have, and they're not small. They're six hundred to a thousand dollars. I just said, even though we're doing okay money wise, maybe I'll just hold on to that money. Maybe I'll just I don't know, we got trips coming up, but maybe I'll just be whatever it is because of my age also, like you're saying. Stephen, you and I both won. If he who dies with the most toys wins, I'm a winner like 10 times over. I've already got Sundoku. I've got more books that I'll be able to read in my lifetime. And that's the, the joy to that, of having a library that you can browse and pick new ones to read and follow current series. But there's also, now there's overhead associated with it. I got a house full of stuff, storage lockers full of stuff. I'm looking to actively sell some of that stuff. Whatever that hunter-gatherer that I was when I was in my 20s and 30s and was making good money. When I was in college, I was still living so lean. I really was eating grilled cheese sandwiches and two-for-one Burger King and stuff like that. And nowadays, I, what Colleen and I laugh about, do you guys have this discussion? There's levels of rich. I've always been candy bar rich. You can always spring for a candy bar. I probably got quickly to meal rich. I can get any meal I want and not really worry about, oh, right. no, then I don't make my rent. But I'm not island rich. I can't go buy in my own private island. And I don't know that I'm, where am I now? Super expensive car rich. I can't buy a $100,000 car, but I can, I could, but I have to make other sacrifices. To right. do but it, honestly, every time that we've bought like a $30,000 car, it just was easy. What a terrible way to put it. Either we bought it outright or we bought it used or we bought it on payments, but it hasn't been oh man, I'm making a commitment and I'm just going to strain myself. And it's nice to get to that place of, as we have money come in now, it really is, it's not already spent. It's not already okay. Then right. go to regular expenses and you don't, we're not quite at that place. Colleen and I laugh about this. I want to get to that place of, oh, just throw it on the pile. You know what I mean? We're not quite there yet, but it feels really good to have the mental health, the sense of security and options available to us that when we heard about the Baltic cruise, it was like, a matter of can we do those dates as opposed to can we afford it? We are okay and safe. If I make $5,000 trips and I have, I don't know, a million dollars, I can do, let's see, carry the one, 200 of those trips. Will I be able to do 200 of those trips in the rest of my life? It's cool to have, and I can have anything I want, just not everything. 
And it, we don't want to do that anyway. We want right. to be, for all the time that I'm away, I also like to be just at home and cuddling on the couch with my sweetie. And I think, a, like you said, a large part of it is not only working for the last 30, 40, whatever years, yes. and building up to that point, but it's age too. Because I know the comic store has a 50% sale and they are open on Thanksgiving, which I don't care for, but okay. 50%, yeah. they do a lot of business in one day. Okay. But they have a, a, there's something in the one case, it's, carded so it's like almost brand new but it's a very rare tie fighter it's metal and it's from 77 78 i had one when i was a kid and i look at this thing when i go in and i'm like man i have such fond memories of that and it's 200 dollars. and i look at it and colin's like well you could afford that i'm like yeah it's not a question of affording it it's is that little metal toy that's going to sit on my shelf worth 200 dollars, or can i do something else with that 200 and then it's the 50% off. And it's, now it's only $100. $100, I used to spend that much taking the family to a movie with pop and stuff. That way more. So huh? could I do that? And I'm like, and Ethan even said, if you don't have the money, I'll loan it to you. Which I thought was hilarious that this kid who's still in school thought I like needed the money and was so desirous of this item that he would give me the money to get it. And I'm like, that that, little that's enabler. Not- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, that's not it at all. It's it's more the memory is very fond and I love remembering that, but yeah. I've got other things that I like, Oh my God, I had that. I loved it. Here's my money. Now it's on a shelf in the back dark closet. And I don't see it. What was the point? What, what I, was the point of doing that? That's I could right. have taken a picture and enjoyed it just as much. So I love how I shop. It's kind of, would I be embarrassed to tell somebody about this? You know what I mean? <laughs> I know I got my things like what's the most expensive thing I ever bought. I probably bought like a Frank Zappa, vinyl box set for like a hundred bucks and when when the time when that was a lot of money to me and people were like do you really love zappa that much and it's yes i do and i've never seen this before and i wasn't sure if i'd ever see it again and it really was like performances that these are legendary performances of when his band was at its tightest and i just once in a while it's cool to give yourself with the way that i got my black leather duster was I had always wanted a kind of a coat like that because I had seen it in a movie, maybe like with Jerome Crab and he's, he's in New Orleans and stuff. And I saw it in a store in like at the border of Illinois and Wisconsin. And I just was like, man, I would cry with the memory of I saw the coat I wanted and I didn't get it. I went home and I said, I'll save up. And then I went back and it was gone. And finding a coat that fits me is kind of like how many cows had to die so that Al could get a coat. And so I bought it when I shouldn't have. And yet I love that thing. And the minute it gets cold, I'm like, Al gets to wear the city coat. The one that looks like he's a total hard guy. And he's got a sawed up shotgun in a long pocket. And I just, some things, it really might be put it on the shelf and maybe have almost a little bit of regret to go with the joy. But other things are like, I just, we did it. We went to a Vegas comedy festival with VIP tickets after I got over my cancer, because some part of that was just like saying to the universe, I'm still here. Yeah. I, this is the, this is the thing I love doing the most in the world is going to good comedy. And we treated ourselves. And in the long thing, it wasn't, oh, and what did you have to do without for that? It's more, we have all the fond memories and not the, Hey, I might have done less Chipotle for a couple months in order to have afforded this. Yeah. It's all trade-offs like that. Talking about the giving, talking about the things you want. I spent, I bought a video game. I bought the disc. <laughs> Cause at yeah. some point the digital won't be available, but 
it was, I mentioned to you that the back for blood game, I got a copy for me and a copy for my cousin. And I don't normally buy games brand new because I've got so many and I don't play them enough to make it right. worthwhile to be 60 or 70 bucks. But and you can outweigh the market. It'll go on sale and you didn't have to have it that day. Exactly. But okay. this one is something I'm going to play with my cousin over the winter and it's enjoying time with him and stuff. So to me, that was worth spending the extra money and Colin will probably play that type of stuff. So I was like, I'm going to get this and that, that I will spend the money on. And I spent more money buying those two games than I would have to buy that TIE Fighter. Yeah. It had all the other connotation that went with it. This is right. bonding time between me and the cousin and stuff. It's one of the reasons that I've accumulated so much stuff is because I've always been kind of like frugal and bargainy about that. When I was in college buying vinyl, it was always the cutouts. I didn't need to have a 10 to $15 album when it came out. I haunted the cutout bins and got them for three to five. And that was just fine, especially when we've talked about this before. Once in a while, like whole catalogs of stuff would go on sale that all of a sudden all of Santana appeared in the cutout. Just, I love him. I haven't, I've got two, but I can get 10 more now for so little in comparison same with David Bowie. Same, I can start naming all the things. How can I scrounge enough together so that I get all the ones that I want? And even, this is just the thing of mine, you go to a place and it has a whole bunch of mad paperbacks that you've always wanted. And it isn't necessarily the one that you want the most. It's the one that there's only one copy compared to 10 copies of this one. And if I don't get this, it's going to be gone. I buy on scarcity as well as on desire, if you will. And that has served me really well. So a lot of what went on to my Christmas list this, this year is, all the CDs that came out at 15 bucks and they haven't come down enough in price for them to hit like my $7 magic place. Right. But I really want it. I want the latest Yes or Kansas or Genesis or Jethro Tull or whatever else it might be. And so if someone got me that as a gift, I'd be just so happy because it's not too expensive a gift at 15 bucks. It just is outside of my weird habit of save money. You can get two sevens instead of one fifteen. That's almost always what I do. Only once in a while, it's like, wow, I've waited five years for this to come down. I really have done without five years of listening to this music that I'm sure I'm going to love on the trigger. I'm going to yeah, do it. Speaking so of music, <laughs> so I, I've got a lot of Christmas music I love to listen to. I was, have you heard, you probably have, but have you listened to Brian Setzer Christmas albums? I haven't. I have at least one. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, and, and it's not Stray Cat Christmas. It's like his big band orchestra Christmas. Yeah, his, Boogie Woogie Christmas and Dig That Crazy Christmas. Yeah. I think I have Boogie Woogie. Exactly. And I'll get more of those now that I know that there is more than one. There's a, I, there's a live there's a live one. See, that's cool. I have, of course, Mannheim Steamroller. And I, I think I mentioned a whole bunch of my prog rock heroes have done a Christmas album. So I've got Keith Emerson and I've got Michael Oldfield and whoever else it might be. I'm, I'm trying to remember... In fact, hey, if I pop into my, doesn't matter. I, instead of going, I know that I was happy to see that they're going to give me the full overblown keyboard bombast version of Deck the Halls and Silver Bells and Good King Wenceslas and stuff like that. I, I have, I really still love the Mannheim Steamroller ones. Like they've got yeah. eight or 10 of those out now. And sometimes I'll, I have made a little playlist of all of them and I'll just start it going at the start of the day and be like, Good. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving, I yep. put on Christmas music for the first time, and it was mostly Mannheim Steamroller. Some of those you mentioned, the Christmas albums of some of those prog rocks and classic rock and all that, they yeah. are almost impossible to find because they haven't come up. They're not updated to digital, and some of them weren't even updated to CDs. 
So you look and you got to find a used vinyl or cassette tape to get the album. So it's Boy. like, ooh, now I need to start collecting <laughs> classic really? rock and prog rock <laughs> Christmas albums because <laughs> it's the hunt. It's the finding yeah. it. That's also, the joy. I, I love, like, I have a couple of Mary Axmas where it's like guitar yes. heroes doing all those. And it's Steve Vai and Joe Satriani and John Bonamassa and, and all the people that I love, Steve Morris, whoever. And I have a couple acapella albums. Like, I really like Pentatonix and yes. Straight No Chaser and stuff like that. And them doing wonderful versions of the Christmas standards. Just like a lot of complexity, but a whole different mood to it. It's all yeah. voices and very beautiful. It's beautiful music. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily energetic it's like you put it on the background and you're man this just makes me so happy <laughs> one, one of my favorites growing up it was a popular with our family was the harry simeon corral which is very rarely known nowadays i don't i've never heard of them okay oh it is fantastic i absolutely love okay. the we and the thing is it's been re-released multiple times and i our cassette tape got wore out because that they don't last forever and it had clicks mm. in it and it had dropouts and it was horrible but my mother still listened to it and then she got a car that didn't have a cassette and she doesn't have a cassette that works at all so i i got it for her i ordered it the cd and stuff it was a different version it had different songs on it and they were in a different order we grew up with this one cassette in this right. particular order that you know? whole order is branded in yes your exactly yeah so I had to hunt down the same version to get that for the her original, exactly yes. the real one <laughs> for us. Yes, the real one for us. Yeah, so that's another one. The Harry Simeon Corral. You can still find those. I really recommend it. It's a big choir and strings and stuff. It sounds wonderful. It's probably one of my all-time favorites. Of course, I will look for that Harry Simeon Corral. Another thing I mentioned was a while back, probably middle of the summer. When I was regularly staying in the house, taking care of my mom out in California, I digitized all of my parents' CD collection. And I'm pretty sure that there's some Christmas music in there. And they have the German baritone singing, go tell it all, that kind of stuff. So I have to, that all went into a separate music library than my regular stuff, because I wanted to make sure I could give that to both of my right. brothers. But now I have to go integrate it into the collection because I want to be able to listen to joyous noel or whatever else it might be yes. i know that weird al yankovic has a couple christmas songs, two songs <laughs> but yeah but i don't think it's a whole album of no them. so i but i'll put those in i'll make myself a christmas playlist of long ago i used to make mixtapes for college parties and the way that i knew that it was time to flip the tape the cassette tape was i'd put a monty python cut at the end and while everybody was going, what the hell is this? It was like, oh, I'll go change the, <laughs> the dance music. It was, I like Chinese. And it was Yun Lan, that kind of stuff. A, I, a couple of years ago, one of the gifts I gave my mother was I took her whole tape collection, digitized it, and then I bought an iPod and put all of it on the iPod for her to listen to. See, so what a gift, all that music and all that stuff from the past. And right. That, I did that with all of my Bill Cosby albums. I really was a huge Bill Cosby fan. And I still am. If I look at that as... Beautiful, frozen in amber yeah. records without, oh, what we were going to learn later. Yeah. There's still nothing like, why is there air? And from, from <laughs> Russell, my brother, whom I slept with, and wonderfulness. He has half a dozen, maybe 10 great albums. And I did that once. I put them all on tape for my brothers. And so they have that to listen to. Hopefully, cassette tapes, like you said, they don't last. But hopefully, they've lasted right. long enough. I can still throw those in. Damn it. But dad, I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Love Bill Cosby back in the day. So now the new thing I'm trying to do this year, and it's a little more difficult. 
I found some old records that I didn't know about, and there's a whole bunch of Christmas stuff in the records. So I'm trying to transfer those over to digital to put on my mother's thing. How to get the USB turntable. Yeah, it's uh, much harder. (laughs) Yeah, I did that with certain things that, so far as I know, they've never been reissued on CD. And the problem is when you put a CD in and it goes to the CDDB, which uses the track links as a fingerprint, and it just loads all the information about the album, the meta information about track name or or track title and stuff like that. You do that with a USB turntable and you have to fill all that in. And luckily I got the album in front of me. So you just flip it over and say, okay, date of publication, this. And it was as complete as I could be if they had information about the producer or of course the record company and stuff. But I only did that for like a half dozen, like, intergalactic touring band which you might have never heard of no one of those things like alan parsons project his very first album what he did was he wrote him and bernie wolfson wrote their material but they went and got excellent contributions from all different kinds of artists and and so it was like he just called all of his friends that he as a producer had and it was like the best drummer and the best guitarist and stuff intergalactic touring band was a similar thing where who's on it vocals from annie haslam from renaissance and meatloaf and Larry Fast, who is a fantastic synthesis, plays synthesizers. And there's just all these great names on it for as relatively obscure as an album as it was. So that's one of those things that I used to try to turn people on to is the only way there's going to be an intergalactic touring band, too, is if we buy a lot of copies of this. <laughs> right. going to get this. So That just popped into my head. <laughs> one of the things that's great about being the age we are and that this younger generation, the new generation, miss, is going to miss is getting those rip out plastic records out of National Geographic to put on and listen to. Mad Magazine had Mad them. Magazine. National Lampoon had them. Exactly that. The little flexa discs or whatever yeah. it's called. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that, that's a joy that you just can't recreate nowadays. Yeah. And maybe having also thought I'm going to be getting my NAS, it's time to really start consolidating my music library. I can't believe I've let it get as bad as it is. I've noticed, we've talked about this, I got things on Apple Music that, like, cuts are missing. Apparently, somebody sold the rights to somebody else, and Apple doesn't have any. But I digitized the CD. I own that. I right. own that material. So I have to find a way, maybe not Apple Music, another music player, collectors, or, I don't know, Wonder Music. I'm going to have to do some research into finding out what's the other one that I can get lossless ripping and a good way of cataloging everything, be able to complete, com- uh, have playlists, taps into CDDB, all that kind of stuff, but without ever having to worry about what happened to Lonely Wind by Kansas? Why in the world is that not part of that album anymore? It's weird to be, like yeah. you said, in your mind, you've got the playlist and it goes from one cut to the wrong cut because they skipped. And I said, what? Where did my song go? It's funny how that really... I hate that. That's corrupt somehow. That yeah, like when they don't have like, living, loving, made as part of the, the Zeppelin. It's <laughs> like that. Or I, Deep Purple had a couple things where I don't know if it was a matter of licensing, but it was a matter of it was different songs on different albums, and then they cut it for length on the CD, but then they put out a different CD that had them all in, and then you have to know it's not marked as to this is version one, version two, version three. I'm going to try to consolidate so that I really do have, if they had bonus cuts, I've got the version that has the bonus cuts. That was the one that they remixed, re-leveled, so that you got clipping of all the dynamics because they wanted to make it radio friendly instead of stereophile friendly. So it's a whole weird world to go down that and who knows enough about Rush albums to make sure that I've got the best one of each. 
I was just going to say, Rush, (laughs) farewell to Kings. When they first put it on CD, the CD wasn't quite enough to hold everything from the double album set. So they cut one song off. So for a long time, the only place you could get it was vinyl. I'm like, hit Goodwill until I find that album. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, am I dead? You were shuddering a little bit. Okay. Oh, okay. Hopefully we're not having big issues. I was going to mention something else, and now I totally forgot. (laughs) So what's on you? So first I should mention, I got you something for Christmas. We'll have to see when we're next. Yes. To any of the CAM monthly gatherings or e-com, you know, are we going to have Dinner sometime. I have a little something to hand off. How do I? So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, we'll figure that out. Yeah. The, like, when I look at what I, this is funny, uh, maybe like a little fingerprint. I have, like, there's a band called Frost, followed by an asterisk that they make great music that nobody knows about them. So, their latest album called Day and Age is one of the ones that I put on my please want list for Secret Santa because. I don't want to buy it at 15, but I really want it. And it might be one of those that if I don't get it for Christmas, I'm going to break down and get it because I really, and same with yes, has a live album called the Royal affair live in Vegas that I need. Alan Parsons has a new one. Bruce Springsteen has a new one. A lot of these are like, they put it out before Christmas. So they'll take advantage of the Christmas buying rush. And so just that. Here's a new one. Yes. Here's a new one. Debbie Gibson has a Christmas album out. Oh my, I didn't know she was still around. Like, yeah, she I, is. You know what I mean? I'm sorry to be, that's so terrible. I don't want to be ever a rumor starter, but right. she hasn't been in the public eye for 10, 20 It's been a while. Yeah. Time. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'm curious because she has it, a great voice, even if she was like a total pop confection. You know what I mean? Li- so, listen to it on Spotify. We listened okay. to it and we went, yeah, this really isn't that ooh-ah of an album. It's, it's. Okay. I don't mean to disparage her, and I'm not a cr- big critic or anything. Don't take my word for it. But listening to it, it was just kind of, there, there's just bland recordings. There's no, like, straight note chaser when you listen to their 12 Days of Christmas, and you can feel the energy. Absolutely. You know? Boy, that's, that's a great one to point out. They yeah. really do things with that that's not just like working your way through the 12 days until you drop exhausted at the end. They do lots of fun stuff with yeah. that. Yes. 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 Okay. So listen to it before you just run out and buy that one. But I was like, wow, she's still around and has a new album out. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I should do is I should look for a whole bunch of different Christmas albums, buy them and then send them out to various different people saying this fits them perfectly or it totally doesn't fit them and see what they say. You know what I mean? So right. I'll get the Debbie Gibson and the what's the most shred Christmas album I can get and what's, I don't know. It, it's I'll have to look for that because it does seem a lot of, Places seem to do it like their agent must go to them and say that Christmas albums sell like hotcakes. Dolly Parton, if you want to have another billion selling album, do a Christmas record. You right. know what I mean? So right. she does have a couple. If she yeah. doesn't, she should. Because she did work. one with Kenny Rogers, I believe. They oh, did an okay. album together, I think. That sounds good. Okay. So I have to look at Christmas albums. That's the, it's, I'm trying to think what else I, and it's funny for a lot of the books. I had, there's a whole bunch of history being written now. It seems to be based on talk to the people, interview, get the facts before we lose them. So it's Appalachian yeah. people, it's comic book people, it's jazz people. It, you know what I mean? There are certain people that are out and we're not going to have Stan Lee to tell stories anymore. Right. We don't right. have Jack Kirby. We don't have, so there's a there's all of the Marvels, a journey to the biggest story ever told that is like, all about the Marvel Universe. And I talk about that in my talks all the time. This is mythology. This isn't a right. single story or a single character. There's a whole universe these guys have created. And they had enough sense early on of continuity that it all hangs together. 
and it's been expanded and then broken and contracted and then expanded again multiple times. So that's part of the universe is they went through Ragnarok and there was a rebirth of the gods and they're in whatever universe 2.0 and stuff like that. And so I just love, I love reading about it because I love tales of all those people. My heroes are that the, not only the Stan and Jack, but like Roy Thomas and Jerry Conway and people that followed them and all the, oh boy, I just, I like hearing about what was Steve Ditko like? What did Don Heck do besides draw, draw great art? How about John Byrne and John Buscema and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that our gods wear spandex, the secret history of comic book heroes. Another one of those that I have to have, you know, nice, um, nice. Uh, and this is a guy named A. Lee Martinez has written, and I think I've actually given him a shout out before. He does great humor books that he takes kind of like the tropes of fantasy and says, I'm going to do a funny book about witches, about ghosts, about elves, about uh, interstellar invasion and whatever else. He has Emperor Mollusk versus a giant pulsing brain or something like that. And it, they're hilarious. He started in, and at, those were individuals. There's one shots and they take place in some of the same locales. And so they're loosely linked. But he has a series called Constance Verity. It's the perfect female teen hero that she's just amazingly accomplished. But of course, she's a tortured teen and all that kind of stuff. And the latest one in that is Constant Verity destroys the universe. So I like I read the first two and I'm going to get the third. But if someone wants to give me the third, right, that's right. One, it's like, here's my hope for Christmas. Richard Cadry, I think I might have mentioned the Sandman Slim books. Oh, I yeah. Read, like the, the first nine. And I, I kept buying them from Amazon when I would get them like on sale. And then they started to do things. This is now six months old. Amazon started to do things during COVID where things that people labeled as like new, they weren't. And the bargain that I used to be able to find, I hated getting something that I had paid like new price. And it's got like the dog chewed on this. This is a terrible copy. So I haven't bought the last three in the series because I was waiting to see, am I really going to get buffaloed again by buying it like new? If I'm going to buy it new, then I got to commit to buying it at 15, 18, whatever else it might right. be. Hey, they're on my wish list. I really want them. I want to read them and complete the series, but I just didn't, wasn't finding, wasn't giving it enough time to get a used copy and wasn't confident in my ability to get right. a nice used right. copy. Let's see. Annie Duke has a couple books, Thinking in Bets and Quit. And it seems like, she, so quick background, she's a poker player. She's a really bright lady who is the daughter of Richard Letterer, who is one of our Mensa stalwarts, who's written like 30, 40 different books right. on all kinds of wordplay and stuff. So she's taken what she learned being a, a poker player and a business consultant and so forth and parlayed it into these books. Haha, see the poker term I used to be like, here's how she thinks. And that that thinking is not conventional in the population, but that it's a really handy skill to be, how do you make a decision when you don't have full information, but you have to make a good bet, not a certain thing. And in fact, waiting for certainty, it's own paralysis. You'll never get there. And also, how do you like, well, I put a lot into this, a lot of money, a lot of hope, and it's not going to work out. But how do you know that? What's the internal thing that allows you to do that? And what's the signals that you get from the environment that say, it just isn't worth throwing good money after bad at this point. And so I just, I respect her a lot from what else I've read of her. Um, and I, I like, I, and I want to support her. Another one of those things is I tend to find authors that I like, and then I tend to like, let's get them all. Let's get all the Simon Green. Right. Let's get all these Sanford, the John Sanfords and stuff like that. And she's, I have any number of authors that I read one book. And so you didn't make my must have list. I'm sorry. Maybe if I get it for a buck, I'll read you again because there's so much good stuff out yeah. there. 
And in fact, boy, at the end of this month, I'm going to be talking at our CAM, our Luminary Immense Monthly Gathering, and the talk is about drinking from the fire hose. It's, we live in this world where there's a, an amazing amount of cool stuff available. It's option glut. It's drinking from the fire hose. All my life has been a study in how do I choose? From the moment I was born, I wasn't going to be able to read everything. Tesla's the last guy to know everything. What am I going to do to use curation and knowledgeable critics and my own tastes to get to when I'm done? I really want to have said I read 80% of what I really wanted to. I've started any number of great books lists, and sometimes it's not contemporary anymore. It's in service to the past in some ways that it's important to know that this book was written, but maybe I want to read the cliff notes for the ideas that are in the book instead of slogging through something that is a difficult read. Well, there's other things like, no matter what Alan Moore has written, comic book writer, I want to read it because I really think that his right. mind goes to places that nobody else goes. And I like that. So it's the talk is going to be in an hour, as much as I can cover of, <laughs> how did I do that about movies and television and books and games and puzzles and everything? Where am I going to go? You know what I mean? And there's, we are luckily in this place of, it doesn't have to just be, guessing and doesn't have to just be word of mouth from your friends because i've got some great friends but i've also got if you have five great friends and they have differing opinions what do you do then right. <laughs> so how do you get to that curation of afi says these are the 100 best movies of all time and we watched them all and was like they were pretty good you know what i mean whatever my knowledge of movies or my taste in movies was well covered with the filmic um college degree that i got from watching their 100 best movies and I'm looking for that in every way. And I want to share that with other people. If you want science fiction, it doesn't just have to be started. A, it can be what won the Hugos, what won the Nebulas, right. what are the ones, that, and it's cool, for each year, if you really wanted to take a walk through the history of science fiction, you'll read those and you'll say, boy, that's from like 52, kind of corny, but that was the first time they talked about faster right. than novel. That's a breakthrough thought. How yeah. would that work if you were able to change the past or whatever else it might be? And so there's, education to be found, not just enjoyment. And I, the inside of my head feels better when I'm not only enjoying the vocabulary of it, but I'm getting, I can see how this all fits, that Heinlein really broke through. And so did Clark and so did Asimov and certain of the old guard that they might be not contemporary, but there's value in what they wrote. But I also want to read the latest contemporary because they're talking about science fiction in a much more human way, a much more like now we're extrapolating about nanotech. And about right. isn't we're close to teleportation and stuff like that. And the little changes that you make to go into a non a predictable future, even though you don't know when it's going to get here, it's very cool to see the craft that people have. Like Werner Vinge and Greg Bear and whoever else were really good at hard science fiction of saying, here's the future plus 10 years. And it really this all makes sense in a way. I always give us Charles Strauss is just one of those guys that almost man, this guy has really thought this out. And this really is both a really cool book and a cautionary tale because the cool things that could happen and the crap things that could happen, we have choices to make. We have to stay ahead of this. You know what I mean? So anyway, I... That's funny you say that because I like what's going on in the MCU right now with everything kind of revolving around multiple universes with different dimensions in the quantum world. Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and now Ant-Man's coming out and they're all quantum but and i we had a whole bunch of jurassic park from Crichton. he's great with that where it was looking at science and speculating and what could happen but i don't feel there's been as much of that because people kind of feel we know everything we've got but quantum physics is still new 
And there's so many possibilities. I had a discussion the other night. We went to dinner with Ethan's parents and we talked a little bit about that because Colin and I started talking ghosts. And I said, I think ghosts could be just some bleed in from some other universe or something. And he rolls his eyes at me, but I'm like, you can't (laughs) disprove it. He goes, but you can't prove it. Correct. Because we don't know enough (laughs) back and forth. That's when we finally get to where, how does deja work or not work? How does near-death experience work or not work? How do ghosts, how do, there's all kinds of things that we, part of what you do is apply science to it and see what you can do to find out what are the parameters around it? What's the, it isn't yes or no, there's probability levels of, is that a good guess or not? You know what I mean? That's (laughs) not even true in the quantum world. But see, but exactly it is that the way you get quantum collapse is to say, what's the most probable thing? And it came down to, that's now the choice of the universe. But yeah, there's a little trickle off somewhere else where someone else chose differently and the universe proceeded on that yeah. timeline, if you will. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because <laughs> so it's be- convergence instead of certainty. You know what I mean? Anyway. <laughs> so before we go, yeah. starting to run, that's something when we were talking about digital music and that. One of the things, a warning, really miss and wish that Apple still made all their different iPods. The little narrow iPod, that was my favorite. Put tons of music on it. So just listen to great music. Have it in the car, headphones, yeah. whatever, you know, work out. And, and I know people say, oh, there's a lot of MP3 players out there. Here's the problem I've had with MP3 players. I've tried multiple. Okay. Apple was really great. You could hook it up to your computer. I could drag folders over to iTunes. It would put it right on my iPod. Synchronized for you. Exactly. Yeah, and work great. You can do the same with a lot of the new MP3 players. I've tried several and they're very large. They can hold tons of stuff. Problem is, they don't seem to organize it as well as Apple always did. I pull stuff in. I'm like, oh, there's the album I want, but it's only got tracks three and 11. And then it's got the same album again, and it's got tracks one and two and 12. And I'm like, what the heck? You can't just easily go and listen to it. I check MP3 tags. I make sure they're all the same dragon. And it just does not sort and organize Mm -hmm. them as eloquently, uh, elegantly and wonderful as Apple always did. There's a cautionary tale if you're getting somebody an MP3 player for these huge music collections. Right. It's funny. Once you've had a really good way of doing it and you see somebody do it cut rate, it's really tough to take a step back. You know what I mean? When I've had multiple comic book collection softwares over the year, and it really is collectors that I've got now is pretty much state of the art. But I compare it to, wow, what if they, there are limitations to it. And sometimes the choices they make as to how to overcome that limitation is not the direction I would have gone. So it's, oh, am I a different kind of collector than everybody else using this software? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. It'll be worth, as a closing thing, maybe it's, I often say the future's here. It's just not evenly distributed. (laughs) I'm having problems now with every time I go into a bathroom, okay, do I press a button or do I hold my hands under? Do I have to move my hands under to get something to work? I just had the first occurrence of, we got a new toilet seat. It's one of those, air pressure gravity toilet seats where instead of having to put it down you just tilt it forward and it gradually lowers itself how nice you know what if you go into a public toilet and you put one down and it doesn't have that clack it really (laughs) and now i guess everybody knows that i'm in the bathroom now so (laughs) nice i have to kind of get used to the sinks are different in different airports and different restaurants and everywhere and so are the hand dryers and so are the so i'm i don't need it to all be the same i don't want it to be that there's one law about it and stuff like that but i've had to put overhead now into what version of a toilet am i working with where there was kind of 
universally the same toilet for a long time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> there, there's technology oh, well. advancing. <laughs> I mean, I, it's funny. No, but I am, I'm just totally digging the, I will never have a clack in our house where I worry about like startling Colleen because now the gravity seat takes care of that for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how this is. I like this. Now that I have it, how did I live without this for as long as I We should research and talk about the Japanese toilets. About how... I still prefer uh, the Western toilet <laughs> compared to any hole in the floor, any bidet. I, it's kind of funny. Some people have told me that they swear by the bidet, and I actually got one that I haven't installed yet because I'm still not sure that I want that. Which, you know that's I mean? a cultural I'm, thing, I think, too, largely. It, you grew up yeah. with it. That's what you're used to. It's hard to really make a big, not really a big change when you look at it, but it is. So. Oh, as always, a pleasure. And we'll see you next week. I'm, I think I'm not traveling till Thursday. So we'll be regular time on Tuesday. Perfect. Okay, later. Thanks, Stephen. Okay. This has been the Relentless Geekery Podcast. If you enjoy our conversation, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and go give us a review. Give us some likes. It would help a lot. Check out our website, RelentlessGeekery.com, where we have links to our Facebook page, Join the Conversation, and go check out our YouTube page, where we have the video of this and other episodes. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery Podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on Geek Topics of the Week.